The beautiful song that we sing, at times it's difficult to live that in our life because that does mean a life of our surrendering ourselves and seeking to do God's will in every aspect of our life. Sometimes you see it on ads on television. I get ads or emails and, uh, every day along the way from various programs that allow you to take whatever photograph that you have and enhance it to the way that you want it to be. If you've got somebody in that photograph that you do not want any longer, you can remove them. If you do not like the location that you find yourself in in that photograph, you can remove that and you can put in another picture or background for so that you can have just the picture that you want. How many times do we want to do that with our life? Are the things that we would really like to, as we look in our lives, to kind of remove? Take them completely out of the picture, something that we didn't want or didn't want to have happen, and then maybe change the scenery a little bit and put us in a place that we would enjoy being at along the way. But life is not quite as simple as that they're trying to make it appear on the programs that they make available to us nowadays. But we get caught up in that sometimes and a life that we live. If wishing at times we could rewind and redo. We can do that as well. If we can if you don't like the first take, then you just cut that one out and then you take it again until you get what you really want. It's always interesting sometimes on the movies where they show the clips of the mistakes that the that they made while making a particular movie. And sometimes some of the scenes have to repeat, be repeated over and over again until they get to where it looks like they just breeze right on through. That was no problems at all. Life is not that way. Sometimes we make a mess out of our lives. And we wish that we had a, another opportunity to redo some things. That's good news, and it's bad news in that along the way. But we can go to the book of Jeremiah in chapter 18. And we can read about what the Lord told Jeremiah to do, to go down to the potter's house and to watch him, to observe him. Watch him take some clay, mold it and shape it into a vessel. And then in the making of that vessel, the vessel is marred. So the potter is able to throw the clay or the vessel on the, the wheel and to reshape it into a vessel of his choosing. Then the Lord tells Jeremiah, Can I not do that with you, Israel? You've marred yourself. Can I not reshape you? The difference sometimes, as we look at it, we would like to reshape the vessel into a vessel of our choosing. If I had my choice, this is what I would like to see. Rather than listening to what the text really said, when the vessel was marred, 
It was made into a vessel of the potter's choosing. He chose how to make that vessel within our lives. And we need to kind of look at our lives and figure out what this master artist is trying to do with the life that he's given to us. Remind ourselves from Genesis 2 and verse 7, God forming man out of the dust of the ground, breathing into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And God also gave man in his creation what we call free will. But one is to, again, to remind ourselves, and we get to do that every day that we live because we get to see the world that he's created. We do that in the physical world all the time. We look at things and we know there was an architect and there was builders who, who did all of this. But we live in a physical world that tells us that there is a God. And Paul reminds us in Romans 1 and verse 20, creation tells you that there is a God, so man is without excuse. But in his creation of us, he gave us this free will. And it's up to us to, to choose which way we want to go. And again, trying to understand God is difficult because we do not have the mind that he has. Isaiah said his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. It's not up to us to direct our ways. He, knowing this free will that we would have and the choices that we would make, that we would still need his help. We could choose between God and Satan. And having that opportunity, again, of he could make us to do his will, but then that would just be a robot. But he believed that man could and man would Serve him of his own free will, regardless of what took place. That's a hard picture to wrap our minds around. Because most of what we read in the scripture, most of what we observe in the world, is totally contrary to that. Man does not want to seek God. Man does not want to serve him. Man does not want to surrender his will to allow the will of God to be done in his life. The majority of man. But there are those who will. And the scripture gives us that along the way. But in this parable, he's reminding us that it is God who made us. And the fault is not in the making. The fault is not in the creation. The fault is in the choices that we are able to make. But he's the one that made us. And we need to understand that. He's created us, believing again that we would glorify him. And in our glorifying him would show 
that he was right in his physical creation of a universe, his physical creation of man, and in that spiritual creation of how he made man. And that man would serve him of his free will, and as a result of that, would receive a reward. So much so that it would not matter what happened in the physical world in which we live, that we can let the Lord have his way with us, and that we can seek his will, regardless of what man does. And without a doubt from human history, without a doubt from reading sec- I mean, spiritual history of the, of the scriptures, mankind can, has, and will devise some of the most cruel ways of dealing with people that they do not like. Amazing how they can ignore the Creator and that they can ignore, ignore everything that He has done that gives every sense of evidence that it's not by chance that we're here. We look at our world and we look at it spiritually, if we will, and we get to see from time to time that we stop and reflect. His hand with his people. We've mentioned many times before that again, the fact that you're here and that you come from a vast variety of backgrounds in any sense of the word, and yet you've been moved around by what may appear to be happenstance may appear to be a circumstance, may be, appear to be events that were contrary to what we wanted to do or what we thought was best, in order for us to be again in the place where he would desire us to be. Again, out of 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18, God placing the members in the body where it pleased him. Such a concept there. Again, in the overall spiritual body, He has us where he wants us to be. And in the spiritual body in a specific location, he has us where he wants us to be. And because he has us where he wants us to be, then we need to listen to the words of the song again. Let him have his way with thee. He is the potter and we are the clay. It's not where we serve, it's how we serve. The location is immaterial, although we at times think it's very material, very important for us to be wherever that location may be. And forget again, it's God who has made us, made us in his own image after his own likeness. He created his spiritual beings with the freedom to make choices along the way. And again, he did not make us haphazardly. 
He didn't simply make us and then roll the dice and scatter us wherever we happen to fall and say, go at it, make up your own mind. Again, he had a plan. You see it throughout the scriptures. You see it throughout history. We see what scriptures say being acted out or being played out in history. And it's amazing what man has discovered, what God languages out there, that when we do use a common language, what we've been able to achieve. It's just been interesting. Recently, Pat had to go into an eye doctor for a checkup for a retina that had torn and had been lasered back together to see how it was doing. It was a infect or not infection, but it was swollen a little bit. Anyway, when we got to the doctor's office in there, he had a brand new machine developed in Germany that could see three-dimensional behind the eye and do it in color. And I just see this globe. You know, you think the eyeball was just like that. Well, it's not. It's like this, and it's got another part, part over here. Anyway, he said, come and look at this. And then ex they explained to me what I'm looking at. I know it's the eye, but I don't know what, really what I'm looking at. I said, well, here's where it tore, and here's where we lasered it along the way. Here's how it all looks, and here's all the little blood vessels in there, and you get to see all of this in living color. The technology is so new that they were just trying it out, and the service rep for the company was there to pick it up. So she's probably the last one that got to use that machine. <laughs> Uh, to see what that would look like. I'm saying the technology, what we're able to do as human beings, simply because we work together. How many thousands of years has it taken for us to work, to work that out? God already said it would be, that would be the case. Do we trust him along the way? Do we trust that he has a purpose for what's involved? Sometimes we fully do not see it. But a lot of time what happens to us in our life is intended to draw us closer to God. It's easy to get attached to this world. It's easy for us to begin to be shaped by the world in which we live. And again, I say that, and again, I have to remind you, I never was there in the 1920s, but I've seen pictures. And I'm just telling you, you don't look anything like the people did of 1920. You look totally different than those people did back in the 1920s. Styles, dress, and such like that. I've seen old baseball movies, films of those of old baseball games, and all of men that went to the baseball games, and they went in suits and ties and hats. If you saw a suit and a tie and a hat at a ball game today, you would wonder what was wrong with the guy. God wants to work with us. And things happen to remind us again, do not get comfortable here. This world is not home. 
You're just passing through. So sometimes things happen to remind you you're just passing through. Relationships that you established, the physical relationships, the family and, and friends and associates along the way, they are only temporary. Unless a part of the spiritual body that will be eternal. But even the physical members of the body, this relationship of what we see with our physical eye is not what it will be eternally. And we get to say, thank goodness that that's the case. That we do get to have a new body. However God chooses to do that, that's up to him. But we were made to have fellowship with God. And we need to be reminded of that in our lives to do the things that would be pleasing indeed to the eyes of God. The world, again, is there to, to see, do you really mean what you say? Do you really believe that you are simply a pilgrim passing through this land and this world is not home? And Satan says, we will find out if that's the case. The trials and the tribulations are a reminder of that. The book of Job is a reminder of that. Israel in the wilderness, up and down the line, you go throughout the scriptures and find example after example. We find it in our lives as well. How many of us have been moved around for one reason or another? Been from coast to coast, north to south. Keep reminding myself, again, I'm just passing through this land. And there are, some, there are times when I'm eternally grateful that I'm still not living in Baltimore, particularly with all the Northeasterners that went up through there this recently. Uh, it's, you know, that's okay. God places us where we need to be. And that's interesting, is it not? Have you thought about that? Where do you really fit in? Where you are right now? What's God's purpose for you? He puts you where he wants you to be. What is that purpose? It's a challenge, is it not? We're not here just for ourselves. We're here for the glory of God. One, again, a part of that is reminding ourselves that he has created us. Second is to remind ourselves there are going to be times when we become marred. We do that when we sin. When we transgress God's law. That vessel that he's created becomes marred. It loses its purpose. It loses its perspective. Look around in the world. Look at those who have forsaken everything to pursue drug or alcohol, whatever else it may be. Look at those who have pursued to achieve the wealth, to have that wealth. And we live in a land that really enhances that. I haven't done it. I did part of it some time ago, and it was staggering then. I'm sure it's astronomical now. You just think, how much money is tied up in just America alone? 
for entertainment. Just for entertainment. Sports, music, whatever it is. This in America, how much is spent on just entertaining us? You look at the salaries that some of these athletes receive per year. Some of it guaranteed whether they play a game or not. It's fun watching the March of Madness and getting down into the final games. But have you looked at those crowds? Have you seen the student population that is there? It's tremendous. What's it all for? A little trophy at the end and a little recognition. But how much money is spent to bring those athletes in from their schools for this tournament, to go to this tournament, to go to this tournament, to go to this tournament, just for entertainment. We need to be reminded periodically, life is more than that. So what's our purpose here? To build and to glorify, edify one another, and to encourage, and to encourage each other to be willing to serve God. Again, he's looking for us to serve him by free choice. And it's not all that hard. Again, you look at a created world. It's hard to go out on a, on a night, that's a, even a clearer night, and to gaze into the universe. Got all the lights and everything else around to kind of put that out. But you get out in flat country, or you get out in where there's no cities, and you just look at the stars. Just catch a glimpse of them. Just that marvel that he puts out there to show who he is. And when you see that, and then you look at yourself, see how you're made, how you function, how many things that we do just automatically without even any forethought. I mentioned before I've got a nephew who had a stroke years ago. And it's been 20 some odd years ago. He still has a limp. And he still has to remind himself 20 years later, even though he went through the therapy, 20 years later, he still has to remind himself pick up the right leg, put it forward, set it down. Pick up the right leg, move it forward, set it down. He has to do that in his mind. Because if he doesn't, the right leg doesn't go forward. Just the marvel of that, of God working that, making that possible, that a body can be marred, but then it can still be functional. We can be marred by sin. We would love to erase what's happened in the past, wish it didn't have happened, but we are still functional. And we have the hope that, again, we may not be what we were, we may not be what we had the potential of being because of one thing or another. But as we move to the next one, God made the vessel into another vessel of his choosing. And that's the marvel of it. 
There may have been things that could have been done in this way. But in our free choice, we close that door. But God in His grace and His mercy has not closed all of the doors. I love that. There's another door open. And sometimes we need to look for it. So many times we want to go get back to where the bricks are at or the cinder blocks. We want to get to the classrooms where that second light is. That's the door. We we want a door there so we can go through there. And it doesn't open. But we do not look at a door in the back or the one up here that allows you access to that. I want that door. And we forget God has other doors that we may be able to go through. I used that as an illustration one time in the lesson and said, they, we need a door right there. And the person said, I'm, it's interesting that you said you want a door right there because years ago we had a car go right through that, that section of the building. <laughs> Made a door there. But see, do we trust God? He made me in his own image. The image has been marred by sin. The blood of Christ washes away that sin. And there has to be another vessel that is there. That's what comes out of 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are a new creation. We have a new function that God has for us. God has that for us. And when we mar what we have, he's able to reshape it into a vessel of his choosing. That's the beauty of it. So that we can be the people he would want us to be because he has a purpose for us that we fully do not know. Outside our purpose that as we see it is by the life that we live is to glorify God who is above. To do that in all aspects of our lives. The individual life, the way that we, we live, the way that we grow, the way that we study, the collective life, how we treat one another, how we deal with one another, universally how we deal with the universe in which we live. Ours is to glorify God by the life that we live. However, He chooses that to be the case. Ours is to trust where He leads. I will follow. I need to always remember that Jesus is calling tenderly. He's not boastful, not arrogant, he's not demanding, he's not overpowering. Jesus is tenderly calling you home. That's an individual choice that we have that we are able to make. To heed that call, that gospel call, to be his child, or to renew that life in him once again, would that be the case? To understand that again as you sing, will you so live? Let him have his way with you. He's tenderly calling. You need to respond to that invitation if we could assist you, if we could help you. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.